Gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome back to another episode of Only Bruins. I'm your host, Downtown Boosie, and this podcast is brought to you by none other than the Black and Gold Productions LLC. What up, what up? Um, Another week of Bruins talk. Another, uh, we kind of pushed it back a day because, uh, well, we were busy bastards on Saturday and uh, I kind of ended up working out because we got some news to talk about, some exciting news as a Bruins fan. Uh, I'm certainly excited about the news that we'll dive into, and it's a uh, it's a great time to be a Bruins fan because uh, it, Saturday night against Toronto is just an exciting game. So I'm excited to get into that with none other than my boy Brett Howard. How the fuck we living, buddy? What up? What up? How's it going, big dog? Just crushing it out here. Glad we got some good new Bruins news. Finally yeah. saw live hockey game for the first time in four years. We were just talking about that a little bit off, off yeah, here. But I, uh, I know you were just telling me a little bit about it. But how, like, you know, for American listeners, I guess how how was it like? Because I, I know Canada's been in Trudeau. Obviously, it's been kind of a shit show with since the whole pand- pandemic started and whatnot. Uh, how how was it? I know you told me, but if you could explain to the others, like you know, London Knights—that's a big time juniors team up there. Yeah, and uh, also prospect to uh, Edward, one of the Bruins' uh, draft picks in the last year, and they were playing against uh, Guelph Storm. Um, with a we took uh, the second round pick. We took Matthew. I was mess his name up, Matthew. Portra, Portra, or something like that. I don't know. I'm not good with names. Yeah, Yeah. Portras. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Um, that kid was buzzing out there. But for the game overall, and like the Canadian aspect of it, like for everybody in the states who hasn't seen like a game in the CHL, OHL, uh, Q, Western League, wherever you're located across North America, they 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 are great games. Must watch hockey um, up here in Canada. But like you said, uh, the way that the things were going. Uh, for the past couple of years, I just personally didn't want to go to games. I wanted to see it in that atmosphere that I was so used to and grew up around, loved so much. And it was a little corporate, like I was saying to you before. Um, it was weird to see London. Like in Toronto, you know, you're going to a corporate game. There's a lot of like chatter and lawyer talker in the bottom row. row sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a good game overall. Uh, Guelph won 6-2, I think, or 6-3. Um, got a little physical at the end of the second period and Port 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 Raw was uh he was out there mixing it up. It's kinda of funny. I said on Twitter, he kinda of reminds me of like Marshawn and Bergeron put together. I'm not saying he has the skill and elite level that they have, but just looking at the tape type of game he plays and the style he plays, he's very hard nosed, very shifty like Marshawn in his own zone, and he's not afraid to mix it up at all. It was actually funny. I saw like Edward, the seventh round pick we took on London. Uh, he crushed Portois a couple times. It was oh, just kind really? of funny. Yeah, it was just kind of funny seeing they were mixing it up too. So it was a good game. Um, overall, it was nice to get back and see some live hockey. 
uh, after work derailed my, um, what's it called, Winter Classic uh, plans. But, you know, it was nice to get out and see some hockey. Get I got to see some people in the hockey community that I haven't seen in a while that I got to connect with. Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty good game overall. If you are close to the border and you can go see a CHL game wherever you're located in North America, I'd advise you to do so. It's good hockey. It's really exciting hockey. Yeah, that's awesome. That I mean, it's it's it must have been so nice, like just just to see live hockey again, have some beers. Obviously, we know you were you were a little saucy that oh, night. I was Feeling crippled good. by the end of it. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's yeah. the only way to do. It. I mean, sometimes I think get... at one point I started a Guelph Storm chant in the London <laughs> arena, yeah. so it was getting out of control a little bit. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious, and yeah. we got to the... show up for our prospects, you know. Yeah, yeah. He set and... up a filthy goal, and I'm up in the balcony cheering, and everyone's looking at me like, "What?" It was like early in the game. Everyone's like, "What the hell?" I was like, "That's my boy." <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, didn't he? Didn't he also get suspended earlier this season for like twice. a light check twice? Yeah, that's why two slew foot so, suspensions. Yeah, oh slew foots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's got a little he's a little cheap. He's got a little yeah because he looks like a fucking innocent kid. I mean, granted, no, he was, yeah, you know, eighteen whatever. So you know, not many of us had fucking facial hair and well, not at eighteen. But this kid, I remember seeing his draft picture and seeing him called up. I'm like, hey, god damn, like he's. Uh, kind of like him and Fabian Lysol, they just have those baby faces. Yeah, so it's a like, new age NHL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, it's kind of surprising to see like that he's got a little, you know, dirtiness in him, which I like. And I can see, you know, I, I obviously haven't seen much of him, um, but you saying like hearing, hearing, seeing some of his highlights and hearing some of his game, and because I'm pretty sure when he got drafted, he said he likes to try to model his game after Bergeron. But you can see like that there is a little marshy in him when, you know, he's not afraid to get a little bit dirty, get a little bit uh, physical and stuff like that. And he doesn't shy away from it. So that's encouraging to hear as a Bruins fan, because that's I mean, that's basically old time Bruins hockey, basically just, you know, a hard, hard nosed player and not afraid to get into the dirty areas of the game and mix it up. So you love to hear that. It's kind of funny, too, like how the uh, last night the Bruins and Leafs, they wouldn't leave the ice. It was kind of like we saw those pictures on Twitter um, and the video uh, corresponding to it after. But it, it was kind of funny. It was a lot like that. Like the, the ref was like literally like he wouldn't stop barking at this guy on London. And uh, <laughs> the ref was like literally had to usher him off the ice. I don't know how, but two guys got tens. He didn't end up getting one. So I don't know if his chirp game's not as strong, but... Um, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll take it for what it is. He's he's a firecracker out there, very shifty player. Um, you know, I wasn't very high on him when he got drafted, and after watching him live, I I I, I get the hype around him. He's uh, he's definitely I I I I project him in middle six talent for sure. He has the possibility to be a top six talent, but he definitely I I think he has aspirations for the NHL uh, going forward. He kind of, he looks like one of those players that if he puts the work in and uh, everything goes right, I think he'll be playing for the Bruins one day. That's awesome to hear because Bruins do tend to hit on their second round draft pick. So that's uh, mm-hmm. a little bit encouraging. You know, the Bruins are typically picking pretty late in the second round as of late obviously so it's you know it it's the way the nhl draft works and with prospects and stuff it tends to be slim pickings once you get past you know probably the top 35 40 picks 
But that's encouraging to hear. But speaking of last night's game, as you brought it up, and they weren't uh, – both teams still were on the ice after the game and whatnot, and it got chippy. It, And I saw a lot of people saying this um, last night, talking about the Toronto and Bruins, saying that it would be another fun – it would be another fun first round matchup. And, and I agree it would, it's always like a fun one because it's never, it's never a sweep. It's never like an easy series for either team, but it, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure what's their name, Toronto, the last team they want to see are the Bruins, especially the way they're playing this year, but you just saw it. And from years past you or recent years past, you haven't really seen it from, Toronto, but like Michael Bunting being a cheap little piece of shit. Austin yeah. Matthews kind of, you know, teasing the crowd with that, you know, that third goal. So kind of taunting early. the crowd. Little What's too that? early. Little too yeah, early. Yeah, yeah. Too... <laughs> ballsy, ballsy, stupid. But that, that was just dumb on his end because. Well, he did the pasta and pasta's barn. And he thought there would be no repercussion. Like, that's pasta's move, putting out the arms, you know, giving it to the crowd letting everyone know where he is and Matthews tried to pull off his move in his barn and the boys didn't like it. That's for sure. Yeah. And they responded and Grizzly got the uh, game winner and a a knuckle puck too. eh? Yeah. That was a weird goal. And I was, I'm I'm fucking marshy. I I know he's trying to get um, pasta, knock his goals and all that, but I took (laughs) shoot the puck, dude. Yeah. (laughs) That was a better. Shoot that, the puck. That ruined my puck line. I, that cost me. Uh, I think I didn't wager too much, but I took uh, Bruins minus one and a half. And I think I, I I did like 40 bucks, I think. And it was like plus 165. So I, I forget what the payout would have been, but it would have been a little chunk of change. Nothing crazy, but it basically would have paid for my bar tab last night. So <laughs> didn't didn't happen. He fucking had to pass it up. But, you know, yeah. I'll take I'll take the win over fucking. Uh, I mean, last thing he needed to do was say he did shoot it, sh- shot into the uh, Toronto players' pat- shin guards, bounces right off. Next thing you know, they have a break. It's a three on two. Who, who, who's that guy on way. Dallas years ago? Had an empty netter. Missed oh, the- against uh, Edmonton, and then Horkoff went down the ice. And yeah, then- went down the ice and fucking scored, scored. with like point two seconds left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was when we were younger. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, like those... in our teenage years. Oh, maybe even young. No, yeah, that, yeah I would been. say that was because Edmonton what? was still wearing those ugly. Um, they were like navy blue and like that burnt orange color when they yeah, were wearing I, those I, jerseys, the pronger days. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're talking. But about speaking of betting, um, for anybody who does bet out there, very good. I've hit this like multiple times this year. The second the Bruins go down one nothing, the odds they go into the positives and you can make more money off it. If you're a betting person and you're sick of getting shitty lines because the Bruins are the best team in the league, wait till they go down a goal. I've hit yeah. like seven bad. I'm I'm seven and one this year doing it. When the Bruins go down, they have to be one nothing. You probably get it at like plus one thirty. I got it at plus one thirty five last night. I hammered the Bruins. They came out on top. I got my chunk of change. So for all those betters out there, just remember, if you don't like the line for the Bruins and you think it's going to be a good game you want to bet on, just wait till they go down one nothing. So you get better odds, and they're one of the best teams of coming back in the league. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, at, here in the States, 
um they're starting to pick up on it though so when you go to like live bet they're not like you know typically when the team goes down if it's one nothing after the at, at, say at the end of the first and you go to live bet it'll be maybe plus 150 160 whatever you go down to nothing it'll be plus 200 something but uh, there was one of the games i live bet the bruins they were down by two and i live bet and it was like plus 190 or something like that yeah it, it was not it, i feel like it should have been more it should have yeah. been more like plus 250 whatever but the way the bruins have been playing and coming back from all these games especially at home because i was at the game i was drunk shocker and i uh, <laughs> i um I put I put the live bet in. And I I remember I just fucking. Oh, that was the Winnipeg game. I remember you tweeting that. weren't you at that game? Yeah, at the Winnipeg. Game. Uh, yeah, I was at. The, yeah. Yeah, it was yep. that game. They went yeah. down two nothing. I'm pretty sure. And you were like, I just put my mortgage on the Bruins. Yeah, to win. yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking hammer then. I got to go back. I got to see what that score was. Yeah, I silently rode with you. I was like, this is going to be a tough one, but Dude, I'm not sorry. putting the mortgage on it, but I'll ride. I'll ride. Yeah, well, because Holly was playing fucking out of his mind, but the Bruins yeah. were just dominating that game. But anyways, back to the game last night in hand. That was just, I mean, pure classic Bruins-Toronto matchup. It got physical. I would say more physical. Um than you're used to seeing, I would say. I mean, not that not that Toronto really has any tough bastards or, like, guys who are just willing to go at it. You saw, I mean, they do have Wayne Simmons, but he's fucking washed up now. I love the guy, though. But it was a great fight. It was a great fight. Met center ice went all the way to the boards. Like, when was the last time you saw one of those? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, usually fights like that, I just can't stand. You know, they're a little bit mm-hmm. scripted, and it's just there's no true hatred towards it and you know there's no true hatred towards it because they were once teammates obviously and you know just two great veterans of the game you saw the uh helmet taps after but that was a great tilt and you don't see many of those anymore and i loved what both veterans did for their teams and it was just it was a great start to just a great game i mean even if the bruins lost it was it was still going to be a great game if you know the score was reversed it still was a great game um it felt like whoever made the first mistake was going to lose yeah and it was toronto they coughed the puck up at their own blue line and right when they did that i was like man that you just gave taylor hall the puck on your blue line going like a hundred miles an hour. Like this isn't going to end well for you and sure shit. They work it around, gets back to Grizzly and he just fires her home. Yep. And it, that was, and it's nice to see Grizzly get on the board too. a guy who doesn't really put up too many numbers, but mm. he's been playing yeah. good lately. He has no, he's been solid. And I, I mean, if you guys remember from like the beginning of the podcast days or like from the old podcast I used to be on, I've never been a big Grizzly guy. I mean, even before like the start of the season, I was a Mike Riley over Grizzly guy. There's contracts are kind of similar. I always like the way Mike Riley walks the line better than Grizzly and just that he's a little bit more offensive minded because you don't have too many forwards that are offensive minded. I mean, Connor Clifton sometimes has no idea what the fuck he's doing, but like I don't even think he thinks about it. He just goes and takes his chances, but he's been unreal this year and my hatred for him in the past is just I'm eating crow on that so bad. And we're 42 games into the season. And he's I he's had typically when you're halfway th- through the season, 
and he say he's played all 42 games, typically he would have 20 to 25 bad ones. And I would say less good ones, but he's been, I mean, it is a contract year for him too. And, and Monty's gotten the best out of him. And actually uh, my buddy, Don and Leanne, uh, from England, I got to meet them finally the other night at the uh, Kraken game, and that was a shit game. But we don't have to get into that. Kraken just outplayed us from the moment the puck dropped, and Almar kept us in that game. But the other players fucking didn't do shit. Um, they actually ran into Connor Clifton. Uh, I think I want to say it was Friday. Yeah, I want to say it was Friday after their practice. They went out to get lunch. He was with his wife and. They went over and said hi, and Connor Clifton actually like talked to them for like ten minutes and just you know shot the shit with them, which I thought was pretty cool because typically it's just like a quick picture, like "Hey, nice to meet you," blah blah. Mm-hmm. But he took the time to talk to them for about ten minutes, and he even asked, he's like, uh, he he asked what the difference was between Monty and and uh, Cassidy, the leather couch himself. Mm-hmm. Fucking, they asked him what the what the difference was in um clifton basically said he's like i just feel like monty has been getting the best out of every single player uh from you know taught you know top of the roster to the bottom of the roster whenever you play and uh you know and and it's kind of night and day you can just see that players especially the young bucks a guy like debrusque uh since we last spoke he shortly after we last spoke he went on ltir um, but he, you're getting the best out of him this season. And we were talking beforehand, you were really missing DeBrusque Thursday night against Seattle. Yeah. And you could see you were certainly missing him last night. No, you weren't missing him as much on the West Coast trip. I mean, that was just uh, too easy of a Shit trip, kicking. I would say. Yeah, it was just smooth. He's an elite, he's an elite power forward in this league now. Like, I think that's just, you know what I mean? Like, he's a game breaker. He's a, he's a different maker, a difference maker, sorry, every night. It's no, crazy. He, he 100% it's, is. And it's crazy. Like, we're here j- January 15th. I did not think I'd be sitting here thinking, wow, Jake DeBrusque is an elite power forward and Connor C- Clifton. Like, it's going to be a shame we can't re-sign him in the offseason because there's no way we're going to have the cap for it. It's crazy. Like, I did not think those would be two things coming out of my mouth, like, this <laughs> late into the year already. And, and not only that, it's just, like, that that contract right now looks like a fucking steal with the way he's been oh, playing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've been getting the best out of him. And he's a seven million dollar player, easy now. Yeah, easy. yeah. I mean, the next contract's gonna. I think. What do we have him for? One more year, four mil after this. Yeah, I know. One more year, four mil next year. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, so that's that's what sucks. But thankfully, by then we'll have more cap space, and hopefully the cap will have gone but, up a little bit by then. But he but. bet on himself, right? And that's what you love to see. Like he was like, "All right, I'll take an eight year or an eight million two year contract." And we'll see where things go. And he put in the work, he put in the effort. And now we're looking at, at like, now we're talking about, oh, I have no problem paying him $7 million when the time comes. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, too, with him, um, he, one of the reasons why it wasn't, you know, he'll never come out and admit it, say Cassidy, Cassidy this, Cassidy that, or put any blame on him and whatnot. But he did say, and he spoke with reporters before, and it's been reported before, too that one of the reasons why he had uh, requested a trade is because with the Taylor Hall extension and obviously Marshy not going anywhere on the left side is like, where was his role necessarily? Like he didn't necessarily want to be a third line player. He felt like he was better than that. And 
you know, once they put him on the right side shortly after, you know, was it about halfway into the season or I've probably yeah. around this time last year when they it, switched. Yeah. It was just, just before. The, yeah. Yeah. It was. You're right. And just yeah, around this time. he's been fucking lighting it up ever since. And the, you know, how can you not when you play in a line with Bergeron and Marshy, but whatever line he's been on this season, he's produced. And even when he's not putting up numbers and, uh, you know, getting on the score sheet, his puck retrieval is fucking phenomenal. He's great on the forecheck. I, I would say he's one of our best forecheckers, and you've really seen it this year. And like I said, and we both agreed before we started recording, like we were really missing that. We we were really missing that part of his game uh, Thursday night because the Bruins were getting beat to everything. So, yep. you know, it's that was that was the first game when you really start to miss a, a guy like DeBrusque, but. Um, you know, the Bruins and obviously the Bruins lost three, nothing. They Seattle scored a late empty netter to basically solidify that win. But guys have really been stepping up this year. Uh, the Bruins motto has kind of been, you know, just if you lose, don't make, make sure you don't lose two in a row and they haven't lost two in a row. And this team just battled back all night and, the lines, like you were saying before we recorded, or I think at the beginning of it, maybe I don't really remember, but you were saying like the lines were pretty spread out to even out, even out all the lines with, you know, I wasn't really a big fan of Krejci's wingers that night, uh, Hall and Smith, two struggling wingers who are possibly gripping the stick a little too tight you know when you get in that slump a, a little bit of a cold streak you tend to grip the stick a little too tight and you know you like you remember no sick last year when he was finally trying to get that monkey off the back and get get on the score sheet uh, he was just like missing the net wide it, you know like we both played hockey sometimes you grip the stick too tight and you just get nervous or excited and you overcompensate and next thing you know you're struggling and then next thing you know it's 10 games have gone by 15 games have gone by so i wasn't necessarily a fan of that kind of i i thought it kind of put Krejci in a little bit of a hole because they did they did move mark uh i shouldn't say move him up but they did put um what's his name Pasternak uh, back on yeah. back back with bergeron's line and they moved zaka down to coil's line and Zaka has been fucking phenomenal this year. Obviously we'll get into his extension in a minute, but um, the way the lions were last night and that was, and this is just another Don Sweeney win in my, in, in my opinion is the, how versatile, 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 versatile. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah. We're both idiots. Yeah. Yeah. It's, (laughs) We already have the Sunday scaries right now too. I'm, yeah. just, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still trying to wake up from fucking uh, Saturday night. It's been a long, it's been it. a long few days, but um, yeah, how versatile he's been. Where you can plug him in, he can play center. Speaking of Zaka, he can play center. He can play uh, his off wing on the first line. He can play left wing on the second line. He can play left wing on the third line. It's he's been up and down the lineup, and it kind of reminds me when we first made the trade for coil. They were trying to find a home for him. They Mm. thought he could be the second line centerman. Then they thought about moving him to wing and it just never really worked out. And they finally just settled with him being the third line centerman, getting all those PK minutes playing, you know, second power play unit. 
And ever since then, he's been fucking phenomenal. And Zaka, it's it's just another Don Sweeney win in my books because that one for one is just unreal. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, he, t- like, he turned a year or two years of Hall uh, um, uh, like the, then when he was on the last year of his UFA year, which was this summer, he traded that for five years of Pavel Zaka at a very good cap hit, which is, I don't know, I'm I'm having a tough time lately, like, criticizing Sweeney because he's making all the right moves. He just, at this point, he just needs to get the passionate contract done because um, four more years at Zaka at 4.75, that's that's a really good contract. He got him, I, I would have been okay with five times uh, four as well, like, it doesn't really matter. Like you said, he's a versatile player. He can play anywhere in your top nine, which is crazy in this NHL, uh, especially with a deep team like the Bruins. Um, like we were talking about before, JD wanted out of Boston because he felt log jammed. Well, now we've got a coach in Montgomery who, instead of log jamming people, is figuring out other places that they can play or where they can be utilized. And Zach is one of those guys that, excuse me, um, he just, Whatever, wherever he's a little snake bitten right now. Uh, yeah, that that that's okay. That happens throughout the season. We're kind of in the dog days of the season right now, January and February. Things kind of start picking up a little more after the All Star break, um, and you kind of get the blinders on for the playoffs and trade deadline and stuff like that. But I think this is a great move to shore up um, center depth, wing depth, just top nine depth in general. Like you said. Uh, Say say next year Krejci doesn't come back and you know the prayers aren't answered of Bruins fans. We don't get a guy like Horvat or something. And okay, maybe Bergeron does come back for one year next year. I feel a lot better with Bergeron, Zaka, Coil down the middle than Bergeron. Who knows, Coil? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you never know. Krejci might come back too. I have no idea. This is, I'm just enjoying this last dance situation with them. Like my buddy was saying, my buddy is a Leafs fan. Was we were going back and forth last night, chirping a little. He's like, dude, I'm. He was eating crow, right? Because he's like, you guys are gonna be garbage this year. That's just gonna be one of those like, you know, let let's let the uh, retirement home, um, <laughs> you know, give them the keys to the car, blah blah blah. And now you now he's looking at us. He's like, "Oh man, I was so wrong. Like you guys, are the best team in the league." Blah blah. He was like, uh, "Like, what happens if you guys lose in the first round? Though, and get the President's Trophy curse." It's like I might be like, "Don't get me wrong. I want the Bruins to win the Cup every year. That's not what I'm saying." But just to watch Bergeron, Krejci, you know, all these guys play together. One last year, Marshawn, and play this well, win every night. Like have a winning chance every night. Like, I, I could really care. I want them to get another cup. Don't get me wrong. But if they lose in the first, second round of the playoffs, it has been such a treat watching this team this year. It's been so awesome. Like, it, you know, as a kid who grew up watching Bergeron and Krejci and all these guys, just to have them back together for one last year and watching them play this well, that's that's a treat in, in itself. So, I don't know. We're pretty we're pretty lucky this year, Bruins fans. And, uh, I don't know, I already saw people after the loss to Seattle. Like, oh, we – Go get Horvat tomorrow. We can't last without Jake DeBrusque. And it's funny because those were the same people. It's like, trade Jake DeBrusque, he's shit, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, the sky is already falling in fucking Massachusetts, man. It's insane. One home loss. It's like, we were talking a couple podcasts before. I'm like, maybe get it out of the way soon. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Like, it's, I would rather have their first home loss be to a team like the Seattle Kraken, who's overperforming this year and they're you know they've been on a hell of a road trip yeah 
and, and I, they, they're just like a fun story right now and a fun story this year. And it's it does kind of suck to get shut out by like a fucking loser like Martin Jones. Yeah, that does you know Bruins legend. Yeah, hey, I'm sure after that shout out too, you'll definitely see his number in the rafters. For do you uh, think a guy like that has to put money on the board? A guy who played like one or two games for Boston, I always wonder that. Thing is, he didn't even play any games for Boston though. That's he didn't. I thought he played like a game or two. No, that's so hilarious that when he they didn't... made the trade, they like flipped him right away. Right away, yeah, because yeah. that was part of the Lucic deal, right? That was the Lucic deal, and then they flipped him to. Was it? Yeah, they traded something. Traded for him. San yeah, they Jose. traded him to the Sharks for Crowley. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and a draft pick, I think. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So he never actually dressed up. So yeah, I don't That's know. Hilarious. I mean, maybe they kind of have fun with it. And it's like, oh, Bruins put two bucks up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, no. Like everything you were saying, it's just. I mean, obviously, obviously, you want the Bruins to win every fucking game. You want them, you know, if they happen to win their Presidents Trophy, they happen to win it. But you want them to make this deep run and. The the player the players um themselves though have been saying how how special of a team this year's team is and how just how special of a year it's been and you have you have a lot of reasons to be excited and to really just give it your all every single game night in and night out because you have guys like Bergeron you have guys like Krejci you got Nick Foligno you have these veterans who are getting up there and who knows what Feline, who knows the, like those three players alone, who knows what their deal is next season. And, you know, my, my biggest worry is if, if, if the Bruins do win it all this year, then you don't see any of those players come back and they ride off into the sunset and retire and, you know, retire on top. The only good thing I could see out of the Bruins losing in the playoffs is both those guys willing willing to come back for one more run because they love the way they they love Monty they love his coaching style they love how he'll let his players take over the room and you know command the room I mean did you see that clip of Nick Foligno uh during the, the in one of the intermissions at the Winter Classic you're muted <laughs> yeah sorry um my dog was barking there for a second, but uh, yeah, um, no, I watched it twice actually. That's how much yeah. I loved it. It, it yeah. it's like you said, dude. These guys just like love coming to work every day, and it it wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past Bergeron like wanting to play in the like next year's our centennial year, right? It's a hundred years of Boston Bruins. I wouldn't be surprised if Bergeron wants to come back and play that year, no matter what happens. But I also could definitely see him riding off into the sunset if the Bruins win the cup, like. And who would blame him at that point? He's one of the greatest two-way forwards of, to ever play the game, respected around the league. And if he wants to ride off into the sunset with Felino and Krejci on their cup run or with a cup win, I have all power to him. I'll be there and uh, I'll be there at the cup parade. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, and that's that's kind of like the price you would have to pay, though. And uh, they did ask Sweeney. Well, they what they ask Sweeney. Yeah, they. I th- I think last night they asked Sweeney. Well, on as part of like the Sweeney press conference, kind of last night. Oh, after with the Zaka. Game. 
with Zaka, obviously, yeah. I mean, we didn't really officially say it, but Zaka gets four, yeah, four years at four point seven five million. Uh, but you were saying like, yeah, I would have even taken that guy for five. And the, I see some devil fans fucking laughing at that contract extension. Guys, you have Eric Halla. Yeah, you Eric who you're Halla. not even gonna resign probably. Yeah, no, and even if you do resign him, mean, he he, I love what Halla did for us that one year, but he's just he's not the. He, he's not that guy <laughs> no like i've already seen devils fans on twitter like oh my god i can't believe i'm saying this but give us soccer back like haul of this haul of that and now they're all like on the other side of the fence so it's like it's yeah. not always greener guys it's not, we know no. that as bruins fans it's not yeah. always greener on the other side no exactly and you know it's that that's a great deal uh it's yeah. you know both both sides are happy uh i i honestly I would not. I know. I know Sweeney said last night too that there are no uh, updates on the contract extension for for uh, Pasternak, but I do have a feeling that something's going to get done really soon, sooner than later, for sure. I think the latest before the trade deadline. I think. I think you'll see Pasternak extended. Within the next two weeks, I I truly yeah. believe that, and possibly even this week. I you know I put a tweet out today saying today would be a great day to uh to uh extend uh Pasternak. and we'll see. I mean, it's he he's a guy who wants to stay here, and if if you if you um say you hypothetically you do sign him to oh, I gotta find the tweet you do sign him to that eleven year or eight year eleven million dollar deal. Because the Bruins do have that, they are able to sign him for eight years. I think if he goes to free agency, he can only get seven, right? Seven yeah. years. Yeah. Um. So with the Bruins, yeah, the Bruins uh, are the only team that can sign him to eight years. Okay. Yeah. Unless yeah. this, unless his rights are traded, but I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. God no. And so basically, with that Zaka extension. Um and the bonus over coverage for uh bonus overage for next season, which yeah, is crazy and Bergeron for this year, right? It's yeah. close to four point five, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so basically that will leave the Bruins with fourteen fourteen point two million in cap space. Yeah, um, and I, that would be to sign Pasta, Frederick, Sway, and am I missing somebody? Uh I mean, I I think Bergeron? I saw that same tweet. If yeah, Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron and Krejci. But yeah, if Bergeron is, if Bergeron plays another year, he's going to take a some similar deal to what he did. Yeah. This year. Um, but you know, a guy like Frederick who's having a career year, Swayman isn't having the best season, but he has improved. I imagine you're going to see him Monday afternoon against the Flyers, but he has improved. But those two guys alone are probably going to eat up. I would say. At most, maybe five, six million combined. See, I wonder too if the Bruins are like, "Hey guys, we want we want show me deals." But we, from Frederick and Swayman's standpoint, I'm I'm very curious to see if the Bruins go, "Okay, like how about uh, Freddie two million for two years and Sway uh, two million for two years?" Yeah, and just we'll just regroup after that. Yeah, just push it down the line and be like, especially like how we're playing right now it's like hey you want to play on a team like this like this is how it works out for young guys like you like look at Bergeron he's taking he's taking pay cuts his whole career not everyone's Patrice Bergeron and 
Brad Marchand, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I think that those contracts will be a lot smaller than people think. And mm-hmm. especially with two guys like Freddie and Sway that love being Bruins, have finally found their footing and want to stay being Bruins from everything I can account. Um, I think those contracts will be a little lower just to make everything work out. Uh, but do, do you get the feel that this Zach deal really needed to get done before a Pasternak one does? No, but I think... Or sorry, I... let me rephrase it. Do you think it helps hurry up Pasternak's negotiations? Because I, I was watching Hockey Night in Canada because I live in Canada, and whenever we play the Leafs, I'm like, I want to see what these idiots have to say about the Bruins. <laughs> so I throw it on that station. And on the intermission, they were talking, Elliot Friedman was talking about how pro, pro it was his hours before the Zaka contract was announced. He said progress has been made between Pasternak and the Bruins camp, whatever that means. Because Sweeney came out a couple hours later and said that um, there's been no updates, but... Uh, so I don't know if he's just being tight-lipped. I know Elliot Freeman's normally pretty good at his job and knows what's going on. So just to hear that there's been progress made and then we get the Zaka contract a couple hours later, it made me feel a lot better about Pastor not getting re-signed. Yeah, at some and, point. and just because, the, I mean, they, you know, they have that instant connection and instant friendship as well. I think, I don't think it, expedites this whole process but i think it certainly helps um you you do have to remember too like when 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 poshnuk signed that extension after his rookie contract and they were talking to him about it, he's like yeah it's never really been about the money i've i'm making more than i could have ever dreamed of i grew up you know poor blah 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 and stuff like that I wonder if his train of thought has changed seeing how other players are getting paid. And, you know, he, this is probably going to be like his biggest contract and maybe he'll get like a little his last after one. that. Yeah. Cause what is he? 26, I think. Yeah. It's his last, it's like, it's not like Taylor Hall, but it's kind of like Taylor Hall. Like when people are upset that Taylor Hall contract first, I was like, guys, it's going to be a little high. It's his last payday. When you yeah. look at it, you know, it's like, this is how the NHL works. You get your bridge deal, you come off your um, RFA status, and you sign your big ticket. That's just how it goes now, around 26, 27-ish. And that should go eight years or six years or so towards the end of your career, like you said. He'll probably sign a couple extra tickets after that, one or two, yeah. uh, depending on how his play and age, is, age goes. But like you were saying, um, I don't know if this comes down to Pasternak as much, the person himself, the individual, more or less as you're in an NHLPA, you're you're part of a union, you're part of a players association. You saw a guy like Nathan McKinnon who said the whole time, "Hey, I'm not taking, I'm taking less to win, and I'm taking less to win." Well, it does come down to the agents and the NHLPA. Like the, I've heard rumblings before, like the NHLPA won't let you sign less than this amount because it makes it look bad for the rest of the league, and the rest of the league is trying to get paid. So if you take less then a guy like Matt Barzell is going to have to take less. I, mean, I know he's already re-signed, but it just, that's just how the economics of this business goes in a way. So it's like you said, it's like Pasternak, he, he, he's probably telling the truth to the media. Like, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me either way. I want to be a Bruin. He's probably telling the truth. But then it goes down to the agent where it's like, well, no, my client is worth this much and I'm not going to take any less for it. That's where you like you have to take the 
the player out of the business, even though it's very hard to, because it comes back and looking like, oh, well, pass next a fucking cheap bastard. He won't cheap bastard. He won't fucking p- play for less, blah, blah, look at Marshy. That's not what it's like at all. The NHL's changed. These guys need to get paid. And I, I, I'm all for players getting paid. Sucks, yeah. but I, I, not <laughs> sucks, but like, you know what I mean? It does suck. And Posternock's extension could, you know, hurt us for next season. Could handcuff season. us a couple years. Yeah, too. I think at most maybe two years. But if you look past next season, the books do open up a little bit more after that season, I believe. Yeah, it's like and, almost $40 million, I think. Yep, and you have to admit, well, because Marshy's going to be up, I believe, too, yeah. right? Yeah, and you don't, I don't see, I see Marshy maybe $7 million. I don't see him signing for too, too high. Yeah, no, it's, I, I think, um, I sorry, I'm posting up. Yeah, getting all right fucking now. comfy on me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Should we light some candles? <laughs> getting fucking chilly in here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you guys can't see I'm fucking bundled yeah. up over here throwing He's blankets pulled this on this fucking myself. Boston blanket all over, Lay, laying over on the uh, couch over here, all sexy and shit. Yeah. But yeah, it could handcuff handcuff us for maybe a year or two, but. Books do open up a bit more, and you got to imagine, um, you know, that's you. You'll start seeing the salary cap start going up as well, and you know, no one's bitching about the Allmark uh, deal now. You got to imagine Sway and Freddie are going to take some uh, some bridge deals because we do have their rights; they are RFAs, so yeah. it does work in the Bruins' favor. They're still, and if you bridge paid. deal them, you could potentially keep them on their RFA. So if they're only, say, like, I don't know the logistics of it. I haven't looked into it. I don't have it in front of me. But say, I think there's like five years or so you're on your RFA. If Say they sign Freddie to a two-year deal. Well, that year he could possibly still be on his RFA and you still have team control, which I think is the best thing for the Bruins right now for guys yeah. like Swayman. Because, like, if you get Swayman and Allmark for 7.5 combined um, for the rest of Allmark's contract, holy fuck. In this yeah. economy... <laughs> Holy shit, I know. Yeah, like you that makes up the, for Pasnax 11. You look at the situation they have down in Florida who fucking suck this year. So I mean, so far, it's not too late to turn it around, but they've been kind of a dog shit team. They, they kind of screwed themselves over with signing Bobrowski to that $10 million deal. And then they fucking go and use their first round draft pick on uh, Spencer Knight, who's going to be a stud, I believe. And hmm. they signed him to that extension, which I believe, what was it, just under five? It was yeah. like four something. Yeah. So basically, you're paying a little over $14 million for your two goaltenders. And then you sign Kachuk to that massive extension. You got Ekblad. You have. Um, Barkov. Barkov, yeah. I, I was I'm pretty sure they re-signed Verhage at a decent ticket. They've got yeah. Sam Re- they got expensive players though. Man. They have expensive players and not many draft picks because they went all in last year. And- Dude, did you see that fucking Montreal Mike like get a from the pick that they got for Ben Sherratt last year at the trade deadline? That pick is not lottery protected. So they could potentially if Florida keeps sucking, Montreal might have a top top five to top ten pick. That's Florida's. And the Florida doesn't have another first round pick to like twenty twenty five. Holy shit. And they're they not only that, Mon- there. Montreal has their own pick, which is gonna be a top pick as well. Yeah. They have a couple or three, yeah. I think, in the first round. And, and I think up. this upcoming draft is kinda well, it's certainly deeper than last year's draft, I think. 
I not that I'm like a draft expert, but from what I've seen, like guys like Dom and stuff and other other, you know, guys talking about who go watch these junior players and they like talking about these prospects and stuff. I think I think you're seeing a deeper draft. I mean, Connor Bedard's obviously going to be the number one guy, but I think you have three or four guys in that draft alone who are all can't miss talents. You know, Connor Bedard's on his own fucking planet. But yeah, that kid's the yeah, other he three should guys, have a different league. Yeah. <laughs> but um no. yeah, another thing with that too is um uh I heard on a podcast uh 32 thoughts with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick that second round picks for this year are worth more than first round picks for next year because this deep draft is so deep. So like the Bruins don't have a second round pick this year, but our if where we're standing in the standings so far, if we win the cup or go to the cup finals or whatever, we're finishing in the 27 to 32 spot. So that pick is still going to be worth better or worth more than our first round pick next year. That's just something to keep in mind for people when they're thinking about uh trade deadline and draft coming up. Yeah. And, and they asked, um, they asked uh, Sweeney last night, like I, I might've liked the tweet. I got to, kind of go back and look but they they asked him if they were you know if this is like the kind of year where you go all in and he's he said basically said he's trying to find a balance he doesn't want to you know screw himself over kind of like how florida did and you know give up all these prospects and uh yeah like we're already thin as it is you don't want to be giving up all our prospects and picks like you said be florida like Tampa's a little different. They they knew what they were getting themselves into. Back to back champs, been to the Cup Finals the last four years, I think. So like that's uh, I from a money standpoint, those first round picks that they gave away for those depth bottom players, they they don't give a shit because they just pulled in a bunch of revenue and they know they're going to be bad in five to ten years or so for an extended period of time. But that's the kind of business you get into yeah. when you start shipping off two first round picks for third line players. Yeah, and, and like the Bruins have been lucky too, kind of with the the. I guess you can say you know the. God, I, what, what the, the quality fuck? of the deals we're getting? Well, yeah, certainly the quality of the deals, but like it goes Hall, then Lindholm, guys, kind of taking pay cuts too. You know, you got yeah two two. I would say, well, definitely one elite defenseman, but to borderline elite i you know the way uh linholm has kind of fallen off as lately he's had a few rough games but Mm. you know he'll be fine people are still considering him in the norris talk so that's good at least he hasn't fallen off that hard yeah yeah and you know he's definitely his play has taken a dip since the beginning of the season when basically before mcavoy came back but you got two you you have your top two defensemen locked in. You got Carlo locked in too, who has been playing better as of lately. But this is the tweet I was talking about. Uh, Matt Porter, mm-hmm. um, Matt Porter of the Boston Globe asked Sweeney last night if they're all in at the trade deadline, and Sweeney basically said, "Balance it, live in the moment for what this group wants to accomplish. I'll do the best job I possibly can." So. He's not going to sell house just to fucking go all in this year. He does, you know, you got to remember Sweeney did sign that extension. I forget how many years it is. I don't think did. they disclosed, but. Okay. That's yeah. what I, I know. I know they didn't disclose the money either. So that's why yeah. I wasn't sure. But he's got that extension. 
Um, he, so he doesn't want to go all in and then basically suck after, you know, kind of like fired next. Yeah. Year. Yeah. And, you know, then you leave the next GM with a shit. Basically, then you'll kind of be like almost like the fucking uh, Vancouver, Vancouver oh, Canucks God. right now. That fucking shit show over there. Oh, my but God, man. It's um, so he's had a, he's had some really good trade deadlines. So I feel confident in Sweeney when it comes to trade deadlines. It's just it's it's the draft and that just scares me with him. But at some point, you got to stop trading away first round picks, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with the value, I would say the Bruins certainly need to add to their depth for, for their uh, forward depth when it comes to the trade deadline. Um, because, like, you see guys like Wagner get called up with um, some guys out right now. You see, well, with Debrusca right now, you see Wagner get called up, uh, Kopanen. Did yeah, I say Kopan- that right? Kopanen. Kopanen. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, you saw him get called up. Both of them got sent down. You know, Greer gets a nice goal last night. Yeah, it was, he, like, it was good to see him get in the lineup and contribute like that. What on sucks, and though, off the puck. What sucks, though, is he only got like five minutes. I think it was like five minutes and 16 seconds of Icehimer. I know it's yeah, just so over five minutes. After after the scrum at, in the intermission, he, him and Simmons got a 10-minute major. Oh, okay. I didn't even yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing, and then I went back and looked at the box score, and I was like, "Oh shit!" He was the one yelling at um, whoever it was that whoever hit. Oh, Bunting. He was yelling at Bunting, and then Simmons grabbed him, and then it was just yeah. They both got tens. Yeah, Bunting, that piece of shit. Yeah, oh. but that's the thing. So he got himself that he got himself in the game as much as he could, and he played five minutes, still scored a goal, mucking it up with the other guys like that. That's the, it, it, his quote after the game was, uh, they asked him like, "What what happened? What what, what was said?" Blah blah. He said, "I told them that if you hit Bergeron, I'm coming oh, after yeah. you." Yeah. And that I was like rock hard. I was like, "Let's yeah. go." We we had problems with that last year. Bergeron was getting bullied around. Yeah, and you saw it in the playoffs too. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they people would kind of take liberty with him, not like you know be cheap or anything but they'd no. be a little bit rough because they knew they could get away with it there wasn't necessarily anyone on the team who's just gonna kind of step in and make them you know second guess about laying a you know one or two second late hit on bergeron maybe being a little too friendly with the stick and you know chopping at him but yeah he's not a little guy either no he's not he's he's a he's tough a bastard. Fella. He's, he's six three two ten so yeah you can shock him yeah and um, that's just a guy who he also knows what he has to do to to stay in the lineup. Uh, it's he he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time as a lately. He's been in and out basically, but he he kind of knows what he has to do. And uh, he got his goal last night. He he had two hits. Uh, he you know he had that major whatever. Or... But see, isn't that this is what we lacked last year? Games like that last night where we'd lose three to one uh, with an empty netter because a guy like Greer didn't, you know, get in the mix and step up and have a night like he did. Like we didn't have the depth that we have this year, last yeah. year, and it, it it's just such an awesome thing to have right now. 
No, we we definitely didn't. Our depth is a million times better this year. Yeah. And even went with no sick kind of sucking offensively, but he makes up for it on the back end. And yeah, he's, you know, I keep getting own. raked for my no sick takes. People do not like when I chirp no sick online. <laughs> I mean, everyone comes after me. I'm like, guys, everyone has their guy. They don't like no sick just happens to be mine. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that because he does deserve criticism off when he gets, I was fuck, just, my point was clueless. Yeah, and my point was, okay, if he's not if he can't take faceoffs, that was my one thing about being like, all right, we'll keep no sick in the lineup. He's great at faceoffs. He plays mostly defensive faceoffs. If he can't take faceoffs, I don't want him in the lineup. That's all I was trying to say. I think there's a better option if this guy's too hurt to take faceoffs. That's yeah. that was my only point on Twitter. I got People came after me, dude. <laughs> Spreadsheets and everything. I was like, guys, case. Okay, all right, I get it. And, and but I, I I totally agree with that. Where it's like you got to have a better option to plug someone in there if Nosa can't take faceoffs. Yeah, he's great on the PK. He helps out there, but you could plug basically anyone in from Providence, mm-hmm. whoever you decide to call up to play those fourth line minutes that No Six playing. You might not get, you know, his PK his PK skills, but you have a guy who with a little bit more offensive talent and makes it the fourth line a little bit more lethal and his offensive, like I'm going to look at, I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah. He's got three goals, five assists on the year for eight points. He's a plus five. Um, he's, you know, at least he's a plus five. Yeah. And that's, I know people look at that stat and say whatever, but for a fourth liner that plays tough minutes, that's actually kind of nice to see who the fourth line will get paired up against some of the other top lines too that's yeah, like Lena well. was shadowing marner last night and i was like i fucking love this you're just giving him the business yeah and i love it i, I love the way the fourth line's been playing i just you know there's certainly if he can't take faceoffs, there's certainly someone that you can call up and give them a shot and get them fourth line minutes get what did nosik play last night he played Okay, he he played a little over eight minutes, so nothing you know crazy. Yeah, the whole like fourth can... line didn't play a lot last night. Yeah, well, I keep seeing people like the people talking about the Horvat thing, which I've completely changed my tune on. If you if you're getting Horvat with eight years, I think I would give up Lysel in the first. Um, I would too. I yeah, lost, because then centerman man, Lysel's not a centerman. And it's what we're thinking about or what we're talking about right now. We don't have any left-handed centers. Now you bring in whole, you have no sick on the fourth line. Yeah. Horvat's a PK specialist, really good at face-offs and he can play the wing. So he could play the wing with Krejci or coil and also go out and take those face-offs that you need. Well, maybe sheltering no six minutes a little more. Like I, I love Lysel. I love having a good young prospect, but if you're getting Bo Horvat at eight years at let's say seven or eight million, I think I do that trade all day. Absolutely, because like you said, that's a left-handed centerman which you're very thin on. Uh, he's got thirty goals on the season on a shit. Yeah, he's team. on fire. He's got forty-seven points. Uh, eleven, eleven of his goals came from the power play. So he's playing on a shit team, still producing. Uh, he's playing against other top lines. He's what's his plus minus he's a plus four but plus minus it's i don't look at it as like other people do it's like holy shit his plus minus sucks he he must be terrible in his own end no he's a great two-way player uh he's no patrice bergeron by any means but he's certainly capable of playing a 200 foot game the guy can score 
and then that locks up your number one centerman basically. And then you got down the middle for the next few years, because assuming that you make that trade, you're going to do everything possible to extend him mm-hmm. that you're going to, you're going to have, well, I guess that would kind of give you two left-handed left-handed centermen, assuming that Zaka is the second line centerman next year. And then you got, then you have Bo Horvat, Zaka, Coyle, and, you know, plug yeah. anyone in from Providence to center the fourth line next season. And, you have Beecher. three studs. Who? Give Be- Beecher. Give him oh, a Beecher, shot. Yeah, a Hopefully a shot. he's he's ready. But um, yeah, no, 100%, man. And that's another thing, too. It's like, then you don't have to worry if Bergeron... Then you don't have to put pressure on Bergeron to come back or not. I'd love him to come back. Don't get me wrong. Even if he does and he comes back for a league minimum with uh, a heavily, heavily bonus, contra- bonus contract, then... You still got Horvat who you can throw on the wing. It's like I I think it's a no brainer. But I if Horvat's not coming with an extension, I don't do the deal. I'm done with rentals, especially yeah. with what we were just talking about. Like if you're if you're getting if you can talk to Horvat beforehand, and it I've been hearing that Bruins are submit have submitted or are submitting a like a see that's the thing with people with these trades they the Bruins will submit one, Vancouver will rip it apart and come back with another one. It's a, it's a back and forth until the trade deadline. But I did hear that the Bruins are submitting a trade uh, a trade for Horvat, and I also heard that Vancouver is going to start allowing um, Horvat to talk to other teams, his agent, in the next coming days. So if the, this this chatter is going to spike up a lot in the next couple day, next couple weeks, sorry, up to the deadline. But Bruins fans, we're not saying go get Horvat. We're not saying we're going to get Horvat. We're saying if they would take Horvat for Lysel first and a couple other complimentary pieces to make the cap work, you do that in a second with an, with an extension. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, it's going to be hard to get him. You're going to have to give up a decent amount. But if it's if it's our first rounder and it's Lysel, so be it. Lysel's a winger. Um, it, it's no knock against Lysel, but you know, I, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player in the league. Um, you know, people are really bashing on him for the world juniors he had, but it's the yeah, fucking it's world one juniors. Tournament, man. Yeah. He it, wasn't it, even being, I watched every game. He was not being utilized properly at all. They had a 10 minute overtime and he didn't see the ice once. He's one of the yeah, most best offensive players on that, that team. That's when we one of the games we recorded. It might have yeah. been obviously that day. Yeah, because yeah, Cannon obviously ended up going. Yeah, that was um when they played. Oh, and then the next game, didn't he get kicked out? Yeah, of the he game? got the sussy right, yeah. right at the beginning of the game. Yeah. So yeah, and it's like it's like you said too. Like let Lee Sells for sure gonna be a great NHLer, top six talent. You can see it's elite talent, great skater, but. Horvat fits your mold right now. He's right around the same age pasta. He's right around like you know, he's in that uh the prime of his career. So yeah, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna have to pay more in the open market. If these if people are out here thinking like, oh, we'll just get him in the offseason. Well, no, the whole point of making the trade now is to get the cap to work for next year so you can yeah. sign pasta as well. That's the point of this trade because you're probably gonna have to pay a third to unload a little bit of money, but it's also gonna get you Horvat at a smaller price so you can also sign pasta yeah exactly it's, it's a shit show but it, it's it possible yeah some say hypothetically you do end up pulling this trade out for you know pulling this off for to get bo horvat there are going to be a lot of people who are unhappy about it but 
Mm-hmm. It's hard to find. I, I wouldn't say both. He's an elite, borderline center. elite. I would say. No, I'd say opinion. I think he's elite. I and he's definitely having a career year, but all his intangibles. He's very Bergeron like. He's yeah. like a first line grinder. He brings other intangibles. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up his stats real quick because I mean I don't watch a lot of Vancouver Canucks hockey. Uh, you gotta kind of I guess take it with a grain of salt too. So Horvat's team. from London. I used to watch. I used to play like he's only he's a couple years younger than me. I used to see him play and stuff. This kid's been unbelievable since he was like really young. I I don't know why I'm calling him a kid. I'm only a couple years older than him, but like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I've seen this guy firsthand, and it it's more or less what he brings away from the play. Where I would consider him um, an elite center in this NHL. Yeah. So look looking at his stats. I mean, basically from his, you know, so he's played 614 career games for 413 career points, 200 goals, 213 assists. Uh, This last season, he played 70 games, 31 goals, 21 assists for 52 points. This year, he's going to crush his career, um, his career high 61. He's on pace to crush that. But last year was a career high in goals. he doesn't get many penalty minutes too, which is uh, you know kind of nice, right? Uh, he, he doesn't cheat the, the game, play. which is yeah. Nice. He you produces know? on the power play. He's got some shorthanded goals, uh, no shorthanded goals against. So that's nice to see. The guy averages basically between nineteen and twenty minutes of ice time. So he's he's capable. He's capable of heavy minutes. He's capable of playing against some of the top lines. So yeah, I guess you could say he's elite. It's just he's yeah. but i get what you're saying he is borderline elite just from watching him from such a young age and i, I like i'll catch canadian games because i'm in canada they're on tv okay. all the time and seeing him play and just watching his career from i don't know like a microscope i guess or not from a microscope sorry um he just i don't know he pegs me as one of those players like yeah he might not be a point per player but what he brings you on and off the ice he's he's a Bruin. That's what I think, first and foremost. Like when I he look is, at a guy like say... him, he reminds me of a Bruin. And I and this is another tangible that we can bring in now. What does this player look like in Monty's system? Because yeah. clearly Monty has a system that he's brought around, you know, like he he um helped out the power play in St. Louis, Dallas, like got both those teams running hot. Like look at St. Louis this year, not so great on the power play, not doing very good. Well, Monty was the the uh, cataclysm for that last year. So it's like, now we've got this new intangible was, well, what does Lindholm look like in Monty's system? Phenomenal. What does a guy like Clifton, you know what I mean? So that's a new intangible we're bringing in. Like I saw another name, I'm not the, his biggest fan, but Max Domi as a fourth line center or for a depth piece at the deadline. I was like, I don't hate that because now a new intangible is, what does he look like in Montgomery's system? Yeah. you know, but, And you do have to remember that because you know, Bruce, there it is. Is <laughs> he was very one dimensional. Yeah. And players, you can see the difference between Cassidy and Monty's system. I mean, offensively, players are taking more chances, even on the back end as well. Uh, he kind of lets his players play a little bit more freely. And you're kind of seeing that. And I guess, you know, kind of looking back at, Bo Horvat's career and kind of looking at it at like 
in big picture, he is kind of like a watered down version of Patrice Bergeron with probably a little bit more offensive talent, mm. um, at least scoring wise. He's I would say he's certainly has a better shot than Bergeron, but Bergeron has just mastered the game so well, like mm-hmm. that bumper position on on the power play. Um, uh, he He's mastered that. He's just he's such a smart player. I mean, you saw him break up that three on one last night. Or three oh, my God. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. You know, one thing that Bergeron's done forever and I love it and not a lot of people do it in the NHL because it's a very low, uh, whatever, low percentage shot is he shoots it at the goalie's head from like the blue line. He'll just like muffin a wrister at the goalie's head. And I was watching it during the they showed a clip of him doing it during the world classic or world classic winter classic game. And the puck just, I, I've seen him score so many goals like this. It bounces right back to him. Cause the kind of like handcuffs the goalie, yeah. to like throw his blocker up and then it just comes straight back at him. And you, now you have an opportunity. Whereas before it was a low percentage shot. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there as another one of Bergeron's like amazing plays. That's just so no, it, underappreciated. It is a great point that you bring up too, because a lot of players typically when they shoot for a rebound, they'll go right for the pads, but goalies are getting so good at redirecting these uh, shots, you know, these rebound shots. So, you know, when you get, when you handcuff a goaltender, it's, you know, you can't. Throws off his whole game. Yeah, exactly. And then you're kind of out of position because you can, you know, maybe it stings them a little bit. And yeah, no, I, you definitely have noticed that with his game. And, you know, I, I love that about Bergeron. He's just such a smart player. And, mm. I mean, who knows? Say, hypothetically, you get Bergeron or you get Bo Horvat, you make that trade, you pull it off, and Bergeron decides to come back for one more year. And then he, you got Bo Horvat, and you got to match. I mean, this is big picture. Like, it, it's yeah. hard to picture fitting all this under the salary cap, but with the luxury of how, you know, having Patrice Bergeron and – the pay cut he's willing to make the team player that he is and, and the bonus overage and like that you're able to do with him that it, it is possible. It's, you know, you might have to trade away some pieces, but you get Bo Horvat for, you know, next year you have him for next year after you make that trade and Bergeron decides to come back. Then you got Bo Horvat learning under Patrice Bergeron for a whole season where he could really benefit that because um, Bo Horvat's 26 years old. He's going to be in the prime of his career for, I'd say, five, at least five or six more seasons where you're going to get the best of Bo Horvat. Uh, you know, obviously, knock on wood, um, assuming, you know, no ugly injuries or anything like mm-hmm. that. But you could possibly even get even better years at, at, out of him after that, too. I mean, could go as far as the whole contract itself, six, seven years, whatever the contract ends up being, because he's going to want to sign that long ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna, you know, he, he knows this he, is his time to cash. He, he in pegs too. me as a as a guy as well, kind of like Lindholm and Hall, where they know he knows the culture in Boston, and that's something yeah. he'd want. Because look at look at Vancouver right now; they have zero culture. They're going so then the they have no idea who or what they want to be. They fucking health bombed. Uh, what's his name? Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. yeah, and then you got Quinn Hughes in the presser saying like, "Oh, one of our players' wrist injuries didn't get handled properly." Oh by the yeah. Medical. Like, bro, that's not that. What kind of culture is that over there? Yeah, Tanner Pearson. It, and... It's gotten to the point where Horvat's like, "I don't want to talk contracts. I don't. I'm here to play hockey and get traded." 
Like he literally yeah. pretty much came out and say that at this point. So it's like, and that's the captain of that team. He's just given up because nobody cares. But I think a, a locker room and a culture like Boston would like you had Marshawn on T on, on TNT after the winter classic game saying he'd never play for another team other than the Bruins. So it's yeah. like, you know, that one's getting locked up July 1st. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it, it's just like, that, that's the type of culture we have here. And I think a guy like Horvat would thrive along with Hall and Lindholm. Um, and it just, to me, it just, the, the way that Sweeney's made trades over the last three or four years, that one makes the most sense to me. Yeah. If you're going to go out and spend, that one just makes the most sense. And, and it's kind of like when they, uh, years ago, made the trade for Rick Nash and they gave up what, it was kind of a big haul to it was get a Lindgren guy like and Nash. first. Who? That, Lin, that Lindgren kid, yeah, he's the, playing the on their first. Yeah, they're top. He turned into minutes. a great defenseman. Yeah, he's know, playing with. I know Marshy chirps him a lot every time they play yeah. each other. But... Yeah, he said they're he's weak on the puck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but he's turned into a solid defenseman, and I think that first round pick turned into Keandre Miller, if yeah, I remember correctly. So it, you know, it, that two, was a big. That was a big top call. four defenseman for pretty much yeah, for Rick. Nash. That was a big call, but when they made that trade, they intended on extending him. But he ended up retiring because of you know the head problem. So yeah, you know, and when it comes to trade deadline and Don Sweeney, I trust you know you won't hear me say that too often, Don. But Don Sweeney has made some phenomenal moves at the trade deadline, going back to Taylor Hall as well, and uh, other moves. And you know, I trust him when he's really thinking for the future and right now too. He does want it's to tough. go all in, but there's a certain price he's willing to pay. And he's not gonna and he's and he's not gonna budge. And as a Bruins fan looking at the future, that's encouraging for right now. You want to see them go all in, but you also don't want to mess with the chemistry in the room, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you you bring in a guy like Bo Horvat, someone's gonna move, someone's gonna move down the line. You got the way to probably have to send Smith out the door to make the money work. Yeah, one one hundred percent. And that's what might end up costing you uh little bit extra because it's kind of like dumping the back is contract granted you know that contract isn't that bad uh mm-hmm. it's in the final year of it too so it's not like they have to keep him for another year but you know yeah, you, vancouver might be like we don't want him so give us a fourth for taking on the contract and you know because that's how business goes right and that fourth could turn into Kirill Prizov, like that happened with Charlie yeah, Coyle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, no one would have saw that coming, but you never know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's a crapshoot either way, but I, I know what you mean. It's like I, I don't think Sweeney gets enough respect on being. Um, he he's very he's very tough negotiator. I think which can yeah. suck make, with contracts, but it gets a less a lower AAV. Um, but then you see him walk away from guys like Krug, which was the right decision in the end. But it just it's tough at the time as a fan, um, and him being a fan favorite. Like I saw a couple of people online like, "Oh, well, Clifton's not going to resign. You could package him in a deal." And I'm like, "Man, Clifton's really loved in the locker room. Like I don't like like you're saying about chemistry and stuff like that. Those kind of moves scare me with a team." that's rolling as good as this team is and like this brotherhood and the love that they have the group hugs and the shower. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, it's just, they've got that vibe this year, like something special. And yeah. And Connor and Clifton's we, a weird, big part of that. He's a big locker room guy. No, he is. People fucking love Clifton and it, he is a, he's a different fella. Yeah, he is like, he's, 
He's different. He's an oddball, but it's like every every group needs that oddball. Yeah, basically. You need the quirky like, guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he looks like I've said it for years. He looks like a guy who should be working in IT and yeah, you know, yeah. shouldn't be a professional hockey player. But here he is yeah. playing, you know, top minutes paired up with Derek Forbord, shutting down some top lines and night in and night out. Not only that, he's laying bone crushing hits too. He's yeah. the most. He has the one of the most hits in the league, and he's the most hit guy in the league. That's it's fucking wild. crazy, eh? The, looking at I him, just, you'd be like, this you guy's know, not physical like, yeah, at all. Exactly. Like, playing hockey, you know that that's one of those guys. Like, we've played on teams with guys like that. That will just, they'll hit everything in sight, and they don't care how hard they get hit or how many times they get hit. They're going to get the puck to the next guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, those guys are yeah. beauties. You love those I, guys in the locker. I got a guy on my beer league team who, you know, he... This guy, Beecher, funny enough, his last name's Beecher, we call him. So we, we obviously call him Beecher. Yeah. This guy is a fucking animal because he does not give a shit that he has to go to work tomorrow. He's laying down. He's blocking every fucking shot you can. And this is barely, dude. We're yeah. we're past <laughs> our prime. We're paying to play. You pay for it to get your teeth fixed after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he he's going down. He's blocking fucking shots. He doesn't give a shit. He's got the he's got the same bruise on his arm from like you know two months ago because he mm. he just blocked such a hard shot. And the but guys, I bet you everyone on the fucking team loves him. Oh, dude, we love him. We yeah, love huge, him. Huge, huge. You got him. every every team's got a guy like that who just is fucking laying it all on the line. And um, the, you know my my beer league team has Steve Beecher, and the Bruins have a guy like Connor Clifton who yeah. is a undersized defenseman, but. The way he hits, you think sometimes he's fucking Scott Stevens out there. Yeah, it's it, it's. They it's, were talking on uh, when Forbert was on Chicklets. He was talking about. He's like, yeah, I've been playing with Cliffy Law this year. He's like, I fucking love that guy. He's like, he's an animal. He'll just hit yeah. anything in sight. And hearing it from Forbert, I was like, oh man, I can tell already. Clifton's just the biggest locker room guy, and you even see it on behind the B. He's always in the mix, trying to get in front of the camera, like yeah. messing around, you know. And it's it's. It's, I don't know, it's good to see. And you can tell he's playing for a contract, and maybe he knows, hey, maybe they've even already told him, hey, like, we're not going to offer you a contract, but play your heart out if you want to win with this team and, you know, play with these uh, future Hall of Famers that you already are right now. So, I don't know, it just kind of seems like a guy who knows that this could be the end of his tenure in Boston, and he's going to yeah. play every game like it's his last. Honestly, the way he's playing, we're not going to be able to afford him. No, you know, he's looking at least, if Gabranson can get four million from the Columbus Blue Jackets last year in the free agency, like Clifton could at least get five. So, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Like, yeah, and you know, it's it's gonna suck to lose him if we do lose him next season. But a guy who could possibly plug in is, and you know, it's kind of a little tidbit I wanted to plug in too, is yeah. a guy like Zaboral. I know he's a left-handed shot and it's apples to oranges when you compare Zaboral and Clifton, because it's just two completely different players, but a guy like Zaboral could possibly plug in. I like to see him get more ice time as um, he's, I saw, I heard, I think it was, forget who it was someone noted it saying he's had he's played six minutes of ice time in the last month i think you've been very fortunate to have to be healthy on the back end but i think at some point you know i know he's in the doghouse and 
Last time he played and the last few games he has played, he didn't look that good, but he is coming back from the ACL surgery. It does take a little bit. Uh, he basically had, because like, when he did tear his ACL, he was actually playing phenomenal hockey at the time, and that was his, I guess, technically rookie season. Um, and he's kind of been in the doghouse since and hasn't been able to get plugged into the lineup. And, you know, Burns have been fortunate enough to be healthy on the back end, like I said, but I think at some point you gotta you gotta mix him in there, get him some ice time because you don't you sent Strawman down, you sent Mike Riley down. And I'm sure you're waiting to trade Mike Riley at least. Uh Strawman's contract doesn't really affect you, but you know, Strawman's a veteran who's a guy who's who you're able to plug in after sitting out, you know, maybe a month or so. And you know, he can plug in and he can log 10 to 15 minutes and get you solid third line third pairing you know minutes but mm-hmm. a guy like Zaboral to develop he's going to need more and I I would like to see him plugged in there a little bit more and you know if he makes mistakes it's part of the learning curve and developing but I think that's a guy who needs to be plugged in a little bit more six minutes of ice time in the last month is just a wild stat because for a defenseman too for a defense like that's yeah. what that's that's the one thing you gotta think about with this I was going to ask you this too, like, because you told me you wanted to bring this up before we started recording, and then I thought about this. Um, do you think this is part of the plan to ease him back after that type of injury, the age he is, um, knowing that you were going to shore up on the back end this year um, to go for a run for this? This is all for a run for Bergeron and Krejci. This is a thank you from the organization. It just so happens that we're playing out of this world this year and everything's clicking for us. So it's win-win, but you got to think maybe this was part of Zaboro signing a two-year extension last year and them telling, they signed him when he was injured so that, you know, you know that they have plans for him in the future. Um, you know, Mike Riley's ext- expendable, like you said before. Um, Strawman's probably not come back. Clifton's not come back. I wonder if they've told him, Hey, get right this year, learn from these veterans you know, we're going to get you in as much as we can, but if we don't, don't be discouraged in the fact that like, oh, I'm never going to make it in the NHL. Like this is part of our plan with you because yeah. six minutes is ridiculous. But the way that, that Montgomery was talking about how, because that game, he was the seventh defenseman. We went 11 forwards and 70 and he said he really loves the Borough game. He just couldn't find him enough minutes. And that, that uh, comment made me think, huh, maybe this is part of the plan. Like, Hey, we don't want to over exaggerate you. Uh, we, you, you're not playing every game right now, so you're not going to see as many minutes when you come in. You know, just to try and keep him at an even keel. Like you know, the veteran leadership we have in this group and the the checks that he can lean on. Um, but yeah, I just I I wonder or I wonder what you thought about like if this could be part of the plan of not overplaying him this year, unless he stepped up and just played unbelievable and you had no ch- chance of taking him out of the lineup. Yeah, it it very likely could have been part of the plan. Uh, the same thing too is who do, like if you do want to get him ice time and get him those minutes, who the hell do you even put in for him? Because yeah. uh, or who do you take out? You know, everyone on the back end's been playing pretty great so far. Um, because I think if a guy got injured, he'd be first in. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and he'd yeah. play right. You think? Like I don't know, because. It's same, I thought the same thing. I'm like, man, I hope they're not going to trade him because I do really like Zaboral and what he's shown um, and the player he can be. It's just like yeah. he's been, he didn't play hockey for almost a year. Yeah. Honestly, I don't 
I don't think he, I don't think uh, Sweeney would even consider trading him no. just because you're going to probably lose Clifton next year. You're going to need someone on that back end. Yeah, he's a left-handed shot. You need He plays both sides well though. Yeah. Um excuse me. So it's I think you're in a position where you're going to need to keep Zaboro. Uh he's a cheap contract. Clifton is playing out of his mind right now. We're not going to be able to afford him like we said. So I think you're in a position where you're going to keep Zaboro and uh if push comes to shove, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Clifton is traded, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just logistically, you know, yeah, you know, it's it only makes sense, especially if you're going to need someone to pick up that, um, that Craig Smith contract. He's Connor Clifton's a little over a million, so you know, there's like what four and a half million or whatever, basically. Yeah, um, if you, Plus you add Craig Smith. the prospect with Lysel's contract brings it almost up another million to 5.5. And that's right around where yeah. Horvat's at. It's funny too, because I keep seeing Shen. Uh, he's the he's a defenseman on Vancouver, uh, won cups with Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sure enough people know him. But Tampa and the Bruins are in on him because he only makes he makes under 900K for the rest of this year. Uh, so that's got, why everyone's fucking horny for him because yeah, he's never been a guy who's really you know caught. No, my but eye. wouldn't it make sense to throw a guy who plays almost the exact same style like Clifton at them? Yeah, they could possibly resign younger. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you have a guy like Clifton who's you know basically in his prime and he's it looks like he's just getting better every season. So, you know, it would, it would benefit both parties. You know, it's thing is, I, I think it's you could possibly thing, man. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. And you don't want to, you don't want to ruin that chemistry too. Like, I feel like a lot of guys would actually be pretty bummed to see Clifton go. And then like, you know, because say the Bruins make a deep cup run and say the Bruins do win the cup, he deserves, you know, to have his name on there the way he's been playing. I mean, he, I actually think he would be if he got traded, which is crazy. Oh cause yeah. Cause it's like 42 games or something like yeah, that. Yeah. He'd get a ring too and stuff, which it's is just wild, <laughs> but you know, it's not the same. Though. No, like, no, no, you no. know, that's even worse. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, I don't even want this ring. I don't, yeah, even, I don't even want my name on the code, you know, but Imagine he got a day with it after only playing yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. But that was, it's like you know how Wit talks about like yeah he got to, traded. It hurt to right? see Pittsburgh win it, but he was so happy for the his teammates because you know her or his old teammates because he's all friends with them. But it did suck because the year before he lost it, and then the next year he gets traded and Pittsburgh ends up winning it. So it's like. Yeah. You know, that would suck. I mean, it would be great for us, but I'd feel for a guy yeah. like Clifton, you know. But yeah. we'll see. This that that's probably and that was a question I was gonna ask you too. Um, as we're gonna start to wrap it up. That was a question I was gonna ask you too, and I guess we'll kind of end on this topic outside of I guess, you know, Shen and Bo Horvat. What's what's one more guy that you would see the with that you would like to see the Bruins possibly go after? If there's anyone you even have a because I know I'm kind of throwing you under the bus right now with this question. Like, no, there's there's actually there's a couple players I've been thinking about. Um, that uh, like I said, Max Domi kind of interests oh, me. Yeah, Some somebody that. else somebody mentioned that one. I think that one's kind of interesting. He's he's playing really well in Chicago. Um. 
I wonder if you can like he only makes like 1.5 I think so you could get him at like 700k which would mm-hmm. be very enticing to the Bruins uh that's one th- I think that if you don't if you don't see a big move happen I think you see a couple depth moves happen uh, I'd kind of like them to shore up I, I like Greer and what he can bring but I don't know if he's an everyday NHLer on this team uh you got to remember the best team in the league with the most depth in the world so it, it like on a team like last year, yeah, Greer might have been an every everyday fourth liner, but I I, I kind of like to see them shore up that uh, fourth line right wing spot, especially if you're keeping no sick. Um, one that I saw that was really interesting and I've been thinking about a lot is um, Ryan O'Reilly of the St. Louis Blues. He's hurt right now. He has an $8 million contract, so you'd have to get them to eat about 50%. But I saw a lot of people being like, well, what, what if you – replace Nosek with Ryan O'Reilly and you had centers of Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle, and then Ryan O'Reilly playing <laughs> sheltered minutes. It sounds crazy, but like if you're going for the cup, I don't know that I, I don't hate that move at all. And, and he's a guy yeah. who's won clearly. We know that um, he's a leadership guy and he's a playoff guy. It's like, yeah, he's having a really tough year this year, but uh, I wouldn't mind them maybe moving on from Nosek and getting a guy like even maybe Jonathan Taves. Like I know a lot of people are like, what, you're going to put him on your fourth line? Like, yeah, that's what you do yeah. to try and win a Stanley Cup. Like Jonathan Taves, yeah, he's having a good year, but you could probably get him, you get him cheaper than Horvat. You might be able to get him cheaper than O'Reilly. Yeah, he's coming out like $5 million a year when you get him at 50%. But those are the type of guys Bergeron wants coming in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to take some take some of uh some off his plate come playoffs. Like two things you can never run out of in the playoffs, centerman and defenseman. Defenseman, yeah. I think we're all good at this moment, but center, I I'd like to see them at least bring in one center and uh a fourth line right winger. Yeah, and I I agree with that. If if the Bruins are going to add at the trade deadline, and then say they don't get Bo Horvat. I do want to see them add a little bit more offensive depth. Like I said, um, I wouldn't mind the Max Domi one because he's cheap. Uh, he he is, you know, he's he's a fucking Domi, so he's a tough bastard. He's yeah. he's kind of so a hot. He can be a rat out there if you need him. Yeah, I just don't. He, want I think the he played with Felino. He played with Felino. Oh, Columbus in Columbus, too. that's right. Yeah. So. so. You know, I would like to see someone a little bit older, uh, a little bit, you know, I like a better veteran uh, presence in the locker room. If you're going to try to not take away from the chemistry that they have and, you know, the, you know, the locker room, you don't want, you just heard rumors before too about Domi kind of being a, not so much a locker room guy, but Mm -hmm. that could, you know, what what do we really think are a big anomaly to that? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I wanted a Vander Kane, but when the Vander Kane thing came up and Boston was one of the teams that was interested, I was like, if there's a room that's going to turn this guy's career and life around, it's the Boston Bruins. Yeah. You know what true. I mean? Like, I I have full confidence in, like, I'm not saying go get Tony D'Angelo, but like <laughs> when, when, when you hear a guy like Domi, who, yeah, has been moved around and in his younger days wasn't the best teammate, whatever, He's older now. Let's see. You know, he won't play if if he's a piece of shit and they bring him in and it doesn't work. Bergeron and Marshy will be like, Monty, we're not playing this guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, put him on the ninth floor. 
they they just won't have any of it. We saw that earlier this year with the signing that will not be mentioned, but you know, like yeah. this locker room's too powerful that I think let something like that happen. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And he wouldn't be a bad fourth line piece. I mean, he is capable. He's playing of on the first things. line in Chicago, which is crazy. That's wild. I see he's got yeah. 30 points on the year. Uh so not 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 terrible. I mean, you know, the Bruins wanted him last year too from a yeah, uh, no, one they of the were guys in I was talking to talking to. But um Columbus was asking for a shit ton. A I, shit ton. Yeah. I, I think I'm Carolina. Pretty sure Carolina had, ended up paying a, a second, a third, and like a fourth for so a third team could broker the trade. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, I guess they kind of went far, but I don't know if that's that worth it for a guy like that. Yeah, no, certainly not. Just we we should do our homework here, and we'll have some good uh, trade deadline uh, podcast yeah, coming up. Possibly here. what at the, let's say at the end of the month when we're basically a month away from the trade deadline, we can yeah, really kind of heat we'll up, start and amping it up. Maybe we'll get some more rumors out there. But I, before we log off, a big name that I would like to see—not necessarily a big name, but a veteran—I wouldn't mind seeing the Bruins add is a guy like Jonathan Taves. I in you know, I think Mike Riley would be not Mike Riley, Ryan O'Reilly would be tough. I feel like you would have to give up more for that. Yep. Than you would for a Taves. Uh just because it's the Blues and Bruins making the trade first yeah. off. And then but you could also look at it like, hey, the Blues do owe us a favor for taking on that shitbag Bennington for like a year. Yeah. Future <laughs> well, considerations. That's yeah. the future consideration. Give us a fucking deal here, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but uh, I would love no. Ryan O'Reilly. He would be fucking phenomenal for the locker room. I mean, remember when we played them in the Stanley Cup finals? We don't have to go back to that. But when they played him in the Stanley Cup finals, he's a big music guy. He went to Guitar mm-hmm. Center near Fenway. Um, and he, you know, had a kid, he ran into a kid there. Uh, it's a Bruins heard, fan, he was wearing a Bruins, jersey yeah, yeah. And he heard him jam out a little bit, and then he ended up buying him a guitar and all this. shit mm-hmm. So, no, he'd fit in those two guys. Domi's the one where I'm like, oh, okay, we'll see how it goes. Locker room guys, Taves played with Bergeron on like they, they, they were one of the best world junior teams of all time, yeah. they won fucking gold medals together you know what i mean like that's like bringing in not skill wise but that's like bringing up leadership like crosby like and a guy like, a guy was known as captain canada for a long yeah. time yeah and a guy who's made deep runs in the playoffs but and knows yeah. what it takes i mean unfortunately we remember 2013 against them and yeah um you know what he's not the same player but you're getting like i that's a that's a move like you were just saying i know we're going a little long here but one last thought i yeah. got about this um that's a guy like you were saying where you use the draft pick that you were going to use to get a Riley or a um, maybe not a Horvath because that might have been a little higher of a draft pick. But say you got to broker a trade with a fourth fourth round pick, you probably get Taves for like a second, maybe even a third and a lower level prospect because he has fallen off in his career. So you could possibly, uh, I think, hold on, let me, I'm no mathematician, but Taves is at 10.5. Yeah, so you're looking at Taves at like t- 2.7 million if you can get another team to broker the trade and take 50% of the contract that will be already at 50%. So if you can get Taves for under 3 million for like two picks, two lower level picks and uh, a mid-level prospect, you'd, I'd do that trade all day. 
Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Uh, it's that's a rental. That's how you yeah, pay for a that. Rental. That's a pure rental. Yeah. yeah. And Don's gonna have to work his magic and you know pull some foolery out of his ass to make some of these potential trades work. Not saying we're, he's gonna make all these fucking trades and then we're just gonna stock up, but he's to make at least one of the. I think Domi would obviously come in on the cheaper end, even though he's actually currently leading the Blackhawks in points. It's, you know, it's been a brutal year for them. They're a oh, fucking yeah. shit team. Kane has been battling injury. I don't even know if he gets traded. It's kind yeah, of I don't, he's only Bruins there. fans are like, let's go get Kane. I'm like, no, man, he's injured. He doesn't look yeah. great. Like, I don't want to play he, that game. He's I'd really rather Taves healthy that. finally. Yeah, and, and a guy who can take, you know, face-offs, who can play PK minutes and, yeah. you know. Like we said, take a load off of Bergeron. Yeah, exactly. That's the main you know? reason for a and guy then like that it's an instant in. upgrade over Nosek. You know, you got to imagine oh, yeah. Nosek is going to be one of those guys who he is the odd man out when it comes to that because you're not going to put Taves centering one, one, two, or three. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to be the fourth line centerman, and uh, he might get some power play minutes. Who knows on the second power play unit? But you would see a majority of his work be in our own end. And you know the PK, and that's basically what Nosek gets kind of right now to win important faceoffs and whatnot. Well, when he is taking faceoffs, so it is an instant upgrade. We'll have to kind of wait and see. Like, the, but that that is a name that I'm keeping my eye on because I w- I would love that. It just it would be the perfect fit right now, just so yeah. you don't ruin the chemistry and you know ruin the locker room. That's a guy who will plug right in, true professional, kind of like uh, Nick Felino. You know, just great locker room guy. So yeah. and we'll like see. like I said, he's played with Marshawn Bergeron before. Like he knows these guys. He knows Felino. So yep. I, I, the that's the safe bet. If we're taking a bet here, that's the safe one where I'm like I feel a lot more comfortable not spending Lysel and a first and not like having Taves replace Nosik on the fourth line going in the playoffs. Like holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. But don't get me wrong, uh, Bo Horvat's still my number one. I, oh, for I, sure. I, one, I see some Bruins fans don't want to make that trade. I want to make that trade. I want to make it happen. I'd even Only... try and make it up until the draft, dude, or up until free agency. Like, you know how teams do that? They'll try yeah. and make that trade right I'm all, before. I'm also fucking... wondering if it's possibly going to be a sign-in trade, you know? If for sh- I think that's uh, from Sweeney's like from his past couple of years, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, and from what I've heard, they're not ready to heart. Um, what's it called? Screw, screw their future just to get maybe a contract with uh, Horvat, or maybe not. Like I don't think they're into doing that right now. Yeah, but the thing is, you to give up a guy like Lysel, who he is. I know we've brought him up numerous times in part of this potential trade, but he um. He is a he has been shown to be a little bit injury prone as well, so mm-hmm. it's you know is that a guy that you just risk walking away from and basically you know trading that asset to get you know basically your future centerman, which is far more important than a winger in my opinion, you oh, know because yeah. you're you're gonna lock up Pasternak and you know Lysol's probably gonna thrive in Vancouver or you know wherever oh, he goes yeah. if he does get traded away. Ideally, I'd love to keep him. But he'd probably get... play for them at the end of this year, like after if they unload, like they say they're going to. Yeah, yeah, he, they'll probably burn a year of his contract and just 
get him there and get him some NHL minutes and see how he plays because it's, you know, what are they playing for at that point and who do they even have, you know? I don't even know how, how uh, what's his name's doing? Oh, Studnika kind of forgot he's that. He's been he was playing uh, some, he's been playing minutes, sheltered minutes, but he's pretty much playing like every night. Yeah, so, you know, he's finally getting his minutes, but I think you can start to see that Sudden Nico is never really going to be the player that everyone hoped and thought he was going to be. I think what screwed him was COVID. I think he really was on the trajectory to be a top six forward, and I there's a lot of players in the world, not just, uh, like, look at Shane Wright. He he didn't oh, play dude. much. During... He like plateaued. Like, yeah. yeah, and like you know what I mean. Like it it happens to guys. Um, like Studnika talked about it. I don't know if it was on a podcast or in media or what it was, but um, he was talking about how like he lost a whole year. Like he played three games the like that year that COVID hit us. That's so it's like wild. that that kind of stuff, especially where he was at age. It, it might take him a year or two to maybe even get back to where he was. Maybe he never does, right? But yeah, I think it was the right call for the Bruins to let him move on and uh, see if he can make something out of a career. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And you know, it it was kind of time because he was just going to basically ride the pine like uh, Zaboral's been doing lately. You this... probably would have had to send him down with all the injuries and sh- like you probably would have yeah. lost him over waiver wire. Yeah, anyways. exactly. So at least you got something. It wasn't much, but you got something for him. So yeah. Who knows? But we'll see. Those are some names we'll have to keep our eyes on. Uh, yeah, we'll be the, the rumor boys this year. Yeah, yeah. Start a bunch and of hopefully shit next, rumors. Hopefully next time we talk, there's a uh, another extension that we can talk about. But we'll see. I feel like it's going to start heating up, and I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if you see something within the next two weeks. Yeah. But I, I think... You know, it's. I think it's really going to start heating up right, right before the All-Star break here, right around yeah. the end of January. Because I, I think without a doubt, Parsonok's going to get to the All-Star game again. You know, mm-hmm. we got Allmark representing us, which we didn't even bring up, by the way. Yeah, but... I know. Shout out to Oli. What yeah, a... he, He's just what, such what a mutant terms? that we're like, we, it, we're so, nor, it's normalized now. Yeah. That I, every night he's going to come in and it, even if the Bruins exactly. aren't playing good, he'll steal you a fucking game. It, it's kind of like, like I say, almost every episode, we, we're starting to sound like a broken record week in and week out because <laughs> it's nothing really changes. I mean, I'm excited. That, for, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say the only thing that really changed this episode was we were talking about a Bruins home loss and regulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I know, and that's the it's kind of the dog days of the season right now. And this is this yeah. is where it starts picking up, you know, games start feeling more like play like that game last night was like a playoff game. Oh well, Toronto, yeah, Bruins game. Saturday night, dude. Oh like... fuck. The barn was rocking too. Dude, yeah. Do you know how many people I saw in those Leafs jerseys, the Bieber ones, but they flipped it so that they're wearing the black and gold side? I was oh, like, really? I wonder if that's so they don't just get absolutely ripped on so people like don't even notice yeah, <laughs> that they're Leafs yeah. fans out there. Oh, I thought that yeah. was funny. My uh my friends uh Don and Leanne from uh England, they I met them at the game Thursday. Unfortunately, that was a shit turnout, but they went last night as well. And fuck, I, I was jealous that they went. I mean, oh yeah. I was I was looking at tickets, but I, I go to so many games as it is, I'm like I got a, that's, uh, that's the price it was going for. I'm like, I'm waiting till playoffs for that. You know, like yeah. it, I didn't, besides I wouldn't have made it anyways, but 
Um, I was glad they got to go. I was glad they got to see a win. They got to, you know, they came all the way yeah, from England awesome. and saw the goalie hug and all that good shit. So happy for them. Um, Imagine coming over from England and not seeing the goalie hug. Yeah, I know. Imagine yeah. at a team that's fucking like 34 and zero, like, and you don't see the goalie hug. Yeah, yeah. Fucking trip. That would have been brutal. So shout outs to them. That's awesome. It's like their first, because I know it was Don's first ever Bruins game at, I think it was his first ever Bruins game he's he's seen live. I know it's his first ever one at TD Garden, and of course they get shut out by fucking Martin oh. Jones. It it happens so, but yeah. you know the boys redeem themselves, and they were like, hey, "Hey, the least you guys can do," he said to Connor Clifton. The least, well, I'm paraphrasing this, but basically, you know, Connor Clifton promised them a win for Saturday night. It's like it's the least they can do if they come all the way from England and. You're playing one of the, you know, that was one of the best games all season long. Just oh yeah, from you know uh, a fan standpoint, basically, you know, yeah. it, Bruins could have played better, Allmark could have played better, but uh, you know, the game, just looking at the game, the energy and everything, it was fucking. The place was rocking. You could that see every- on TV, dude. Oh yeah, it it had everything you needed. It ups and downs. Um, it like excitement pushing around scrums after every whistle like like montgomery set off the game you these guys hate each other it's a rivalry you know like this is what happens you could see it because i mean they haven't played what was that the second time they've played toronto this year yeah right yeah and the first one at home finally i mean it kind of when when they apparently they apparently fucking killed us, according to Leafs fans in the two. Oh, game. I, I saw that after right. a news after a Bruins news dump, and like we Bergeron's answering questions about some bullshit the night yeah. before a game on Hockey Night Canada, oh, and we but right. but we yeah. but we got spanked though. <laughs> yeah, I saw someone's like, yeah, the Leafs waxed you guys. I was like, bro, <laughs> dude, what? You guys won two to one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm you pretty know. sure a lot of us Bruins fans were like, that was a good game. We gave yeah. them the respect they deserved that night. Now, that kind of ended up being a scheduled loss in a sense because oh, yeah. of how bad Bruins management fucked them over, and then and it was like the end of a road trip, I think. Yeah, the Canada road trip, and they they hung Bergeron out to dry to answer for those uh the we won't even the say stupidity his name. yeah so it, it is what it is we got our revenge and like i said i'm glad they lost thursday versus saturday if they were going to get that home loss regulation home loss out of the way so it's you know i'm glad it was against seattle versus toronto because toronto maple leafs if they gave us our first regulation loss oh, of the season i'm not even kidding you i think they would raise a fucking banner in was it Scotia Bank, the name of the yeah, arena? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The ACC, that's what I still call it. They they would 100% raise a banner, kind of like what uh, Nashville did for, like, I forget what they did. They Oh, yeah, their division division win or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah something bizarre. Yeah. But no, I, I just want to shout out the Bruins and a thank you because a lot of my fucking buddies are real quiet today. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could have been a long <laughs> Sunday for you. Oh you my know. god! Last night when they like when they took the lead for a little, I live bet them, and then I was I was just they were like uh, they were like oh man some first place team blah blah. I was like just wait, just yeah, wait. just I was wait. like just wait. <laughs> there there could be a minute left in the game, and the way the Bruins I wasn't even worried. Time, yeah. yeah. Once they got, I think Grizz, if I remember correctly, Grizzlick scored with just under like four minutes left or four four minutes left in the game. I'm like, 
that's it. I'm like, I'm not yeah. even worried. Like this team, the Bruins are just going to shut them down, and that's exactly what they did. Allmark made timely saves and huge kudos to fucking Pasternak getting thrown out in the last minutes of games this year. Guys really upped his defensive game. He like has. He's doing it on both sides of the ice. Like the fact that last night in the last two minutes it was Bergeron and they played the full like minute it was a minute 45 they played the full fucking thing it was Bergeron Marshawn Pasternak which is normally Krejci or Coyle and then you had McAvoy and Lindholm put your best against their best and I I bet on our best every fucking time yeah yeah 100 percent. because especially the way they're playing this year never mind previous years it's just yeah, they, uh, you have true veterans. You you they know what it takes to shut down the top lines. They know what they need to do, and you see a night in and night out, especially this year. I wasn't sweating it. It's no. you know got Ollie back there. Yeah, yeah, and I, respect I to the Bruins too for getting Allmark back to back against the second best team in the league. Like I I like that they threw him back in after the loss. Yeah, I I think you could, I think he wanted it too. To yeah, be you kind of had to. And I think Sway understands. Like, yeah, it's his net right now. He'll he'll probably play Tron in the playoffs. So yeah, and having that little that bit game. of a having that little bit of a layoff after the West Coast trip, it was kind of tough. It was like awkward. It's like mm-hmm. if you don't start Allmark Thursday, then he's going to have a whole week off, mm-hmm. and you know, then you're going to have and, him go in against a hot team. With, and you had. You also had Sway working hard and out on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. So right? on the back to backs and yeah. shit, and the, all the so travel around there. You're definitely going to see Swayman start against Philly, 100. percent I don't, fucking you know, scumbag flyers. Yeah, fucking frauds. I mean, <laughs> that that dude, that dude. What the fuck's his name? Torts. His Torts, his thing yeah. is getting so old. His shtick, like, yeah. It, it, it's funny at times, but it's like, you know, like just to say, like, oh, like. Get rid of the iPads, like dude. It's it's gonna help the fucking team. But granted, they've actually gone on a little bit of a winning streak since they he got I rid know, of the I, iPads. But I hate that. Yeah, I know. And now fucking, you know, he's swinging his big dick around in the locker room. Oh, yeah. saying, See, it was the iPads. Now we're good. Yeah. What uh, up, Hazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now Hazy's going to the All Star game to shove it up his hoop. But yeah, like Torch says, he doesn't give a flying shit about the All Star game, which what coach really does but no yeah i think monty's uh, yeah shout outs to monty too i know it's whatever teams in first place gets to coach the all-star uh, yeah. game for that division but you know he's worked really hard uh he had like extreme lows in his life a mm-hmm. couple of years ago and you know we, we all know somebody who we've all been through stuff but we all know someone who's been through uh addiction and the the just you know the, the, what what it can do to you in your life, and just kudos to him for turning it around. And now he's the coach of the All Star Game, coaching the best team in the league. So yeah, you know, and shout out to Monty. He's a great that, guy. He's just a hell of a guy too. Fucking which, beauty. As, as a person, as a human being, never mind being like you know the Bruins head coach, our our favorite team, obviously. But just as a human being, he's an awesome dude, and like. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so happy for him, even if he was just like, say, he ended up taking over as a St. Louis Blues coach, just to hear his story, to mm-hmm. hear him talk to like on spit and chicklets and whatnot. It was just cool. He's he's just he's such very a, smart. Very yeah. Smart. And he's just he looks at the game different guy. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm so happy for him. Not, and obviously, you know, it's, you know, it, it's even 
easier to be happier for him and even more happier for him because he's coaching the Boston Bruins. And yeah, and shout out to all those fucking idiots at the beginning of the year that were like, what if he relapses? Like, bro, what the yeah. fuck? Like, let's That's back. all sports yeah. radio was here. I know. It's like, dude, let's, how about we rally around our new guy and hope the best for him yeah. and help him on his, uh, like, you know, on, on this on this road of sickness that he had to go through to get to where he is now. Like, fucking, what a beauty for doing that. Man. Yeah, Shout no, out hell to yeah. Guys. And, you know, they're not bringing it up anymore, but... No, rightfully so. Yeah. He's fucking one of the best. But, all right, buddy, let's wrap it up. This was yeah, fuck, this is a big one. one. This turned into <laughs> yeah, a long one. Yeah, I was so, just going uh, to say, I got somewhere going a little bit, so we're going to wrap this up. But yeah, this yeah. is what happens when we get together, right? I know. That's why we got to, like, fucking block out like three hours basically i know man I know. but i appreciate you hopping on man uh hope you have a great rest of your sunday um and you know hopefully we get a nice little dub tomorrow i hate matinee games on holidays but it is what it ain't yeah uh, but like i said i appreciate you hopping on i'm looking forward to talking bro and talking with you again soon and who knows hope, hopefully uh some rumors start flying around sooner rather than later and we can talk about that and you know some more trade targets and and if there's you know other trade targets that people want us to possibly talk about or play players that you guys would like to see just dm me or brett brett you can find brett on twitter at the beehive pod the letter b hive pod so uh make sure you give him a follow shoot me or him a dm um if there's ever any names you want us to bring up and talk about or whatnot but again i appreciate you guys tuning in i know it's been a long one so if you're still listening you're fucking you're just a fucking legend so i i we appreciate it um i guess till next time folks we love you all stay cool Peace. i'm, TNT. I'm